0: Hey guys, welcome back to the We Love Moms Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Colin Curtis, your host. I am joined today by Dana Zach and our good friend, Saxon Miller. What's going on, guys? Hey, how you
1: doing, Mr. Curtis? Ah, how doing good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Saxon was not on our podcast last week, but as we mentioned last week, we have been in a fantasy football podcast, or a, a league, I should say, since middle school. Um, and Saxon's really been one of the members that's been in the league for a long time. Um, Saxon, I guess the first question we'll ask you is, uh, what do you like so much about fantasy football? And in particular, what do you like about our league? Um, and then tell us a little bit about your team. We kind of went over our team last week, uh, and then we'll have to fill everyone in on uh, how Dana and I (laughs) met this week. So,
2: yeah. So, um, when we talk about fantasy football, um, one of the best parts. I mean, football in and of itself is just a great sport. So much fun. Um, great things to watch. Hard hits, big scores, even the low-scoring games, you know, you get to see some good defense. And then when you kind of add in the fantasy football aspect, it gives you reasons to cheer for other teams and just your top three teams. So it's great to um, kind of have a, a another aspect of football that you just love. Um And, you know, just another reason to get out there and enjoy it. Um, So, I mean, I love fantasy football. I've been around in this league for a while. Um, You know, I I got some good friends in this league. I've made some friends in this league, you know, some uh, good friendships. And then there's a couple people that it's just – it's so great when you take them down that week, you know. Um, You see them lose and you just – I love it. (laughs) So – (laughs) <laughs> it's always a good time <laughs> when those things happen.
0: Yeah, uh, we get we get really competitive with it for sure. And uh, it, it's been nice to stay in touch with some friends from high school. And uh, yeah, like you said, make those new connections. But just to stay in touch, it's, it's what's kept us together um, throughout the years and has helped us from drifting away. So tell us a little bit about your team this year. Uh, how's it looking? What's the record? And uh, maybe some key players that have been doing some things for you.
2: Yeah. So, uh, my team this week, uh, just went up to four and three. Um, looking, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have a little bit of faith in my team. Um, you know, I just took down somebody, a big win that, uh, kind of put me up above them. So I, I got a pretty good team this year. Um, you know, and I think I've made some questionable trades that seem to be working out for me a little bit. Um, you know, I got Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry. As, uh, as I believe the audience knows, this is a keepers league, so my keepers were Derrick Henry, Patrick Mahomes, and Leonard Fournette. Um, about midway through the season, and it was right before he had the big two games, I traded away Leonard Fournette and took a chance on uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and uh, George Pickens so, um, to get a couple draft picks uh, above me. Right, Colin? You know about that. That is correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this trade was to me. So, yeah. Lennifer, yeah. He's had a couple big weeks, as Saxon mentioned, but I will say the last few weeks, him and the entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense has really been struggling. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's been a, a topsy-turvy kind of trade. Some weeks it looks good for me. Some weeks it looks good for you. But that's fantasy football for you.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, I was just – I'm not confident in the Buccaneers. I'm really not. I think they're getting away with the division that they're in, but I'm not confident in them. Um, and Fournette, I am confident that, you know, he'll produce. Uh, he's definitely going to produce every once in a while for sure. Um, but, you know, I think what you've seen last year is the best that it's going to get for him, you know, towards the end of it. Um and then, like, you're going to kind of see him kind of fall back into a role where he's just being a part of a struggling team right now. So if the Bucks get it together, he'll be good for sure.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, you did get a second and a third-round pick uh, next year in the draft from me in that trade. So, yep. Um, you know, in the moments, you know, I might have Leonard Fournette and he might be helping me get a few wins here. But in the long run, yeah, the, the draft capital I gave up might not have been worth it. So we're going to have to see. But yeah, I tend to agree with you about Tampa Bay, but uh, we'll get on to that in a little bit um, in the show. Um, I I do want us to start going over some of the scores from week seven, um, starting with the Saints and Cardinals. And who better to go to than my good friend Dana Zach on this game? He loves both these teams outside of the Browns. And uh, they put on a show. It was an interesting game. Uh, The last few weeks, Thursday night, has been terrible. Um, Cardinals winning this game 42-34. Dana, your thoughts on this game? Um,
1: You know, I thought it was a a really good game. Um, And, you know, some surprising things there were um, Andy Dalton from the Saints. Uh, 361 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. Um, Even with the three interceptions, two of them going for – um <clears throat> pick sixes was he still had a phenomenal fantasy week. Um Alvin Kamara um you know in in the rushing game he only had 11 rushes he had half of the team's total which was 22. Uh he rushed for 49 yards but in a PPR league he really helped you out seven catches for 56 that's huge. Um <clears throat> over to the the uh, car- or the cardinal side. Kyler Murray um 204 yards, one touchdown. He had seven rushes for 30 yards. So he, he put up a, a a decent fantasy day, not what you're expecting from a mobile quarterback. Um, <clears throat> Eno Benjamin looked really good on the 12 rushes he did have, um, 92 yards and a touchdown. Um, welcome back, DeAndre Hopkins. I mentioned it last, uh, you know, on the last podcast, it was really good to see him get involved. 14, tar- uh, 14 targets, 10 receptions for 103 yards. Um, one statistic during the game that I thought was huge is um, – when DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray are both on the field, believe they were four and four and two, um, and beating the Saints, they went up to five and two with that statistic. So um, look for him to continue to put on a show with this um, Arizona Cardinals
0: offense. 100%. And uh, a couple of fantasy questions for you. Uh, Dana, next week, does Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston start for the, the Saints? <laughs>
1: That's that's a, that's a tough question. um You know, Andy Dalton really hasn't looked bad. But to be honest with you, um, we might see a which we'll talk about a we might see a Mac Jones Bailey Zappi kind of moment if Jameis Winston does come in and you know doesn't put up serviceable numbers. I mean, even with New Orleans um, with Andy Dalton in the game, they put up over thirty over thirty total points, not fantasy points, just thirty total points. So. He's giving you the opportunity to win. The defense has been without Marshawn Lattimore for a few weeks. Um, so that obviously is, is a huge, you know, that's a huge dud. But the original question, um, I, I think you stick with Dalton if he's going to throw four, inter- four touchdowns. Um, he hasn't been known to throw a ton of interceptions. So seeing three and two of them going for pick sixes was a little disappointing.
0: Yeah, my other question, I guess, would be Eno you know, Benjamin. Um, obviously, James Connor has had kind of an injury plague season so far. Uh, is Eno Benjamin the new starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals? And if so, is he a must start on a weekly basis moving forward?
1: He's definitely going to retain the number one for as long as James Connor is out. Um, Keontae Ingram is a name. Um, he is this, the second, now the second string running back. He had nine carries, 14 yards, but he did end up getting a, a touchdown. Um, so you know that took away from Eno a little bit, but um, he is leading the backfield. So if you are in need of a running back and he's available, he's definitely somebody you can toss into your
0: lineup. Yeah, and the only other thing I'll add is Chris Olave, seven receptions, 106 yards. He's really emerging as an up and coming star in the league. I think moving forward, he's got to be uh, a wide receiver too. Um, he's, he should be in your starting lineups most weeks. I, I know he's, I, he's a
1: top 20 play for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, even if you put him around the 2021 20, marker, um, you know, seven catches, 14 targets this game, 106 yards. Like, you know, it was mentioned. That's 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 really, really good numbers. So imagine if he were to get a touchdown on that add another six, you're at 23 fantasy points. That's huge. But 17 in a PPR league. That's a good number.
0: Yeah, next game. Unfortunately, we have to talk about our hometown Cleveland Browns yet again. And I'm going to go to Saxon with this one. The Ravens come away with the win here at 2320. Um, on the road, the Browns just again, uh, could not take care of business in the final moments of the game um a controversial false start penalty but in all reality it's a 60 plus yard field goal that gets blocked and ends up uh, winning the game for the ravens Saxon, your initial thoughts on the browns ravens game just as a fan personally and then uh, we can talk fantasy numbers nick chubb had another great day uh, 16 carries 91 yards a touchdown um jacoby Brissett, an efficient day 22 of 27 didn't throw a touchdown, but had 250 yards passing. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, uh, has looked terrible the last few weeks and it's kind of evident to see why the Ravens are maybe a little hesitant to pay the man all the money that he thinks he deserves. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you watch the Browns and every week it is something different that they just struggle with. um, you know, it's, it's, it's been – the defense has been the downside, um, and I would say it's probably more so when they were missing, like, Miles Garrett, they've been missing Genevieve and Clowney. They're hurt um, on the defense. But uh, this week, I, I think what was the real killer for the Browns is their offensive line. I feel like most of that game, Jacoby was struggling with pressure. I'm surprised he didn't throw an interception. Uh, He had, he was sacked, what, like five times, I believe. Um, He was struggling and he was, he, he was not happy. Um, And you could see it, you know, uh, you could see it just when he gets stressed out, he starts making mistakes. And uh, I'm just surprised I didn't really see any big mistakes. I know there was a couple balls that were very off target for him, but uh, you know, he's doing what you could ask for out of a backup quarterback. I think he's doing a little bit more. Um, But uh, watching, uh, I think one of the hardest things is watching David and and Joe Kuko down. Um, This guy has had a surge this year. He's been a boom in almost every week, I believe. Um, And he's had a surge and him going down. it looks like about two to five weeks from what I'm seeing. Um, That's, that's huge. And, you're not going to get that same type of production out of Harrison Bryant um if that's who's going to be the replacement <laughs> um so I, you really just need to get Nick Chubb the ball more if he doesn't get 100 yards it seems like it seems like they always come out short for sure um and he came out there he tore the defense up on that first drive and then it was it was just a struggle from there it seemed like Uh, when we talk about Lamar Jackson, um, you know, he's always, he's got those feet and that's always been his go-to. Uh, you take away the scrambling from this guy and he becomes just an average quarterback. But the problem is he has that scrambling and he's fast. He's agile. He's basically one of the best running backs in a quarterback body, um, doing quarterback things. And, uh, you know, if he he can make the plays, but I just don't think he's uh, necessarily super consistent, and I think they rely too much on the run game. That that's why they they seem to be blowing some of these leads, and uh, they're lucky they got away with one here with the Browns.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say lucky. It's Browns fashion to to blow <laughs> but it wasn't it the blow game, and of course, it was the Cleveland Browns. My question to you, Saxon, uh, Monday night against the Bengals big game um big rivalry game if the browns lose this game is their season over
2: i wouldn't say that their season is over um if they if they get to deshaun watson um and deshaun watson performs like they need him to perform they're good if they get to deshaun watson and they have a uh middle of the road in the division kind of um kind of set record uh they'll be pretty good um Will it struggle from there if that's what they get? Yes. But I think what you see in a lot of the teams in this division is a lot of struggle. Um, Cincinnati, while they look like they're killing it right now, they struggled. Uh, they went through their struggles this year and Ravens. I mean, before the Browns, it was like three weeks where they just blew it huge blows too. Um, so, you know, and then, uh, Of course, Pittsburgh, I mean, I think we we lucked out on Pittsburgh this year. Uh, While they got some good players and they're they're a young team, I think this is going to be the first season, um, at least in a while, where we really see Mike Tomlin not have a winning record this year.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, the the AFC North is definitely up for grabs and all teams are kind of middle of the road, which is a great segue to our next game. And that is the Bengals and the Falcons. And uh, the Bengals jumped out to an early lead in this game. I remember watching the ticker at the bottom during the Browns game. They were up 21-0 early in the second quarter. But uh, Joe Burrow has finally started to come alive in uh, this season. He's kind of had an up-and-down year so far. He hasn't really been connected to his big targets but he came alive in this game over 480 yards passing three touchdowns two of those to Jamar Chase I would know he's on my team um but Joe Mixon's coming alive 17 carries 60 yards a touchdown Tyler Boyd eight receptions 155 yards a touchdown to me you can start three Bengals wide receivers and feel comfortable Jamar Chase T Higgins Tyler Boyd I think are all you know startable options that you can set it and forget it. Joe Mixon again, set it and forget it running back. Joe Burrow, top 5 quarterback in my opinion moving forward. Um this this Bengals offense finally is showing the spark that they had at the end of last year when they made that Super Bowl run. And that's scary as a Browns fan because of course we have to see the Bengals twice more this year. Um, and our defense looks like a JV football team at the moment. So uh, in this game, the Bengals dominated early on. Yes, the Falcons made a push back in the second quarter, but this Falcons offense, I don't think there's anyone in the offense that is startable at this point. And that goes for Kyle Pitts. That goes for Drake London. That goes for Marcus Mariota. That goes for whoever they're going to throw out there at running back, whether it's Caleb Huntley or Tyler Algier. I don't think – I'm not i am not touching any Atlanta Falcon with a 10-foot pole, which is tough for me to say because in our startup dynasty draft last year, I will admit I spent a very early pick on Kyle Pitts. There was a lot of promise coming out of college that this was going to be the next Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, set it and forget it, tight end. It's such a, you know, scarce position to fill on a week-to-week basis unless you have one of those top guys, you know. And and even I have one of those top guys in our keeper league, and that would be Mark Andrews, and he put up a goose egg this past week. Um, Zero catches, zero yards. Frustrating, especially against a terrible Browns defense. Um, But, yeah, I'm not touching any Falcon. But set it and forget it with the Bengals. I think you can move forward pretty safe with them. Lions-Cowboys, going back to Dana, um, Cowboys came away with the 24-6 win, and I was the lone uh, host that decided to go with the Lions in my predictions. I thought their offense would be enough, um, but the Cowboys really shut them down. Um, very little to see in this game. Dana, fantasy thoughts from the cowboys Lions. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, so you know, um, we had a little bit of a discussion in the Cowboys um, last week when you know our our previous guest saw it. Um, he said, you know, he he didn't want a part of Zeke, and uh, you know, I I pushed back a little bit and said, you know what, I I, I like Zeke at least for now. And um, this this week it paid off. <clears throat> Fifteen carries. So Tony Pollard ended up out rushing him. Um, eighty eighty three yards for Pollard, fifty seven for Zeke. But just as, I, just as I expected, they get down to the one-yard line on a few penalties, and who do they give the ball to? Ezekiel Elliott. And that's basically where you're getting your value from Zeke. He's not going to catch passes in the, um, <clears throat> in the backfield. He might get you one or two catches. I don't think he had any targets this game, but he might get you one or two catches. Um, but that touchdown upside, especially with, you know, bye weeks coming up or bye weeks incoming – I um, mean, going forward, he you you can put him out there if you really need him. I'd say he's an he's a he's a decent RB two um, from Detroit. I was really surprised to not see um, DeAndre Swift out there. Um, they said coming after the bye week that he had intentions on playing, but it just you know they they ruled him out 90 minutes before the game, so it just must have been a no go. Um, when he comes back, I think he's going to take a lot of the carries, and he's actually going to get a lot of the um, the receptions out of the backfield. Jamal Williams only well, had one target out of the backfield for four yards, uh, one catch for four yards, but he, he handled it. He heavily handled the rushing um, for 79 um, Detroit's one in five. And other than this game, they really haven't played like it. They were one of the top scoring offenses. And that was a real surprise, but <clears throat> I think Dan Campbell's doing a good job with them boys over there to, to keep them in games. So um, if, as long as, as if Jared Goff plays well, cause he only had 228 yards and two interceptions, no touchdowns. If Jared Goff can get back on the pace that he was at earlier, I think that this Lions team will win a few more games. They have have weapons out there.
0: And Dana, I'm going to push back at you here a little bit about Zeke because as an owner of Zeke in one of my leagues, yes, the fantasy score line this week looked nice. Um, Again, a lot of that was from the two touchdowns, both of which came from the one-yard line. But to me, that showed that Ezekiel Elliott at this point is so touchdown dependent that if you take those two touchdowns away, it's a mediocre week. Um, um, and it really does seem that this offense is starting to transfer over to Tony Pollard. He's much more explosive. He's getting the bigger plays, and he's even getting some of the receptions out of the backfield. And everyone thought, oh, Dak Prescott's back this week. It's going to be a much more, you know, flowing offense. Um, The Lions, the worst ranked defenses in the league. And yes, Dak Prescott's been out for a few weeks. And yes, he had surgery on his hand. And maybe he's still a little rusty and he's coming back from all that. But to me, this this offense under Dak Prescott – doesn't look functional at the moment and they're scrapping through in games but they were doing the same thing with cooper rush they're scrapping through games and they're getting it done and really they're getting it done with a solid defense um i i just i'm in sell high mode on zeke You and know, around in my league that i have zeke in this would be uh my school league um that i have with some teachers i'm gonna be asking around if anyone wants zeke and i'm gonna try and get anything <laughs> i Hey, I, I
1: I definitely respect that, and you know, just just a quick point. Absolutely, I agree with you. You know, if you take those two touchdowns away, it's you know, it's a very very unhappy fantasy day. But you know, at the same point is, you know, it's kind of hard because you can't take those away because that's exactly what that that's exactly what the offense looks like. You know, at the one yard line, that's that's what they're gonna do. Um, that's why you know, I, I I I can I would say happily, um, he's an RB two only because the state of running backs right now is is not great. A lot of top running backs aren't performing the way they have been. So if you can get, you know, an average game of 50 yards and a touchdown, if some of my running backs like that as an RB2 gets me 11, 12 points, I'm not necessarily upset about it because I've, I've definitely had worse.
0: Yeah. Uh, and speaking of top running backs in our next game, I'm going to go over to Saxon with this one because I know he has Derrick Henry in our keeper. League. This is the Titans and the Colts. Derrick Henry had a big day, 30 carries, 128 yards. This seemed like the typical Titans offense that we've been you know, becoming accustomed to over the last few years where it's give Derrick Henry the ball and let him take over. Um, and they kind of fought it you know, tooth and nail on the ground, end up coming away with the 19-10 win over the Colts in division. Uh, but really, the biggest news to come out of this is Matt Ryan. Um, whether he's injured, whether he's just washed up and old, I think it's a combination of both. He has been replaced as the starting quarterback, and moving forward, it is going to be Sam Ellinger. Um, Saxon, your thoughts fantasy-wise, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, obviously the other big name uh, running back-wise in this game. But also Paris Campbell had 10 receptions, 70 yards, a touchdown. That's uh, two straight weeks that he's had big uh, fantasy performances. Is he legit? And are Derrick Henry and JT just set him, forget it. And this Colts offense under Sam Ellinger, uh, do you think it could do some damage to the value of, let's say, a Michael Pittman or, you know, a Jonathan Taylor, who's hoping to get some catches out of the backfield?
2: Yeah, so first off, Derrick Henry he did he was unstoppable this game. I mean, he didn't find the end zone but he was unstoppable. He tore the Colts defense up. He made them look wimpy and it was I mean, it was it was a showing for him. Um, 30 carries, 128 yards. I mean, what more can you ask out of a running back? Um, you know, take away a touchdown. Sure, but why not? Um when you kind of look at Matt Ryan, I mean, I'm surprised by this news, like, completely. Um, and I think his benching, I think he, that puts a question mark on anybody in the Colts offense besides Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is going to do his thing. Um, he It seems like he had an off week, but he's Jonathan Taylor. You got to play him. Um, so, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, to answer your question, said it and forget it. Keep it going. Um, Keep your faith in him. And with Sam Ellinger coming in, I'm going to say Jonathan Taylor is even more. uh, They're going to the Colts are going to depend on him more. Um, Now, when it comes to Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman, um, Paris Campbell has had some uh, some good showings these past couple weeks. Um, And if Sam Ellinger continues that in in this week and continues that showing. I'd say throw him back in, give him a shot. You know, it depends what, your, uh, what other wide receivers you have. I mean, he's probably a pretty good fantasy pickup. I think he's not, He's probably on the waiver wire in your league, um, unless somebody's seen the uh, prospect for what he uh, could have done this week, last week. Um, so he, he might be a good pickup for you. Uh, Michael Pick, Pittman, um, you know, he's one of those players that I have faith in him, but I don't know. If I have faith in Sam Ellinger, I mean, I got to see what this guy can do. I don't think he has really much of anything beyond behind him. But, uh, hey, look, there's a reason that the Colts are all in on him. They benched Ryan, and he was just – after that, they were saying that this might be the guy for the season. I mean, that's a statement. So they see something in this guy, um, and, you know, I – am I'm excited to see if, if he's got something in the tank. I really am.
0: Yeah. Two things I'll add is uh first Paris Campbell. He's about 3% rostered on ESPN league. So he is out there in your league. Um, I I kind of agree with Saxon here. We, we don't know what this offense is going to look like, but I think he's worth a bench stash. He's had two great weeks in a row and uh, Sam Ellinger is going to have to find someone that he connects with early and, Paris Campbell's hot right now. So, uh, you know, keep him on your bench. I don't think he's a start worthy player this week, Um, but we'll we'll see what happens moving forward. And then in terms of the Sam Ellinger decision for me, the Colts are three and three and they shouldn't be doing this already, but I almost think they've kind of tossed in the towel for this season and they want to see what they have at backup quarterback It's Sam Ellinger Mm -hmm. and see if, you know, you know, obviously Matt Ryan's not the future in in Indianapolis. So do they have something in Sam Ellinger? If the answer is no by the, end of the year, they know they have to spend an early draft pick next year on a quarterback. Um, so I, I really think this is a, a move for the future, and I think they've kind of already tossed in the towel for this year, which is hard to believe.
2: Yeah, and if you're going to throw Sam Ellinger out there against any team this season coming up on their their series here, it's probably the Washington Commanders. I, they're. Uh, it's probably them that you kind of just throw them out there and
0: see what he's got. Yeah, which is a great segue to our next game. We have Packers and Commanders. And last week on the podcast, we talked about how this was going to be a big comeback for the Packers, get their season back on track after a couple of losses, some embarrassing losses, one in London, um, to the New York teams. And yet again, the Packers have kind of dropped the ball here. Aaron Rodgers looked frustrated. Their offense just looked out of sync. Uh, You know, before we came on, Dana talked about Romeo Dobbs. You know, he was having high hopes for him this week and laid a goose egg. And it really does seem like Aaron Rodgers is out of sync with his wide receivers. And this offense is just a mess. But on the contrary, we got the Washington Commanders who are under – A new quarterback, back to uh, our good friend Taylor Heineke. Um, Carson Wentz is out for the next few weeks, at least, with um, a finger fracture. Um, But Taylor Heineke, this guy has grit. This guy has tenacity. I love when he plays quarterback. He's fun to watch. He makes things happen. And he uh, really reconnected with uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Five receptions, 73 yards, one touchdown. Terry McLaurin's really struggled this season. But for me, I think the big fantasy takeaway is Taylor Heineke is good for Terry McLaurin, and, and he, he has this connection with him, and I know I have him in our keeper league, and I'm going to be starting Terry McLaurin the next few weeks. Um, you know, I left him on my bench this week, of course, uh, not knowing what was hap- going to happen, especially over past weeks. But for me, it's, it's uh, while Taylor Heineke is under center, Terry McLaurin is a must start. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that?
1: Um, the Washington backfield, um, I know that Antonio Gibson got, you know, 10 carries. He had a a, very, a fairly serviceable day. 10 carries, 59 yards, three catches, 18 yards and a touchdown. Um, but the back that you want in this, if you have to pick a Washington running back, I want Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, we talked about him last week. I think he's a really good Candidate for comeback player of the year, especially with the way he's playing, 20 carries, volume is king, 73 yards, um, you know, that's the big thing is he's he's getting the volume of carries and, you know, like Derrick Henry got 30 and he put up good yards, he's, he's just one or two broken tackles away from having a big game, um, so if you're rostering anybody and starting them, I would definitely go with Brian Robinson.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna to have to disagree with you, Dana. I don't want to start anyone in this Washington backfield. But
1: I, if you if you have to, you know, I, this is this is if you have to. If you had to choose, you know, one of yeah. those three backs of him, Gibson, or J.D. McKissick, he's the one that I
0: want personally. Yeah, in the in the state of the, and I even said last week on record, Antonio Gibson was worth dropping. And of course, he goes out. He has a decent day. He falls in the end. <laughs> gets some points. But for me, obviously, he's kind of a bi-week replacement for me, Brian Robinson. He's a, he's a bench stash. I'm not feeling good if I have to start on a weekly basis. Um, but, like you said, volume is king in fantasy football. The more you football, the more you going to get uh, points and perhaps fall in the end zone. Um, but, yeah, moving forward, Panthers-Buccaneers, probably the upset of the week and perhaps even the upset of the year. Um, but really is it, you know, Saxon talked about earlier. He does not have a lot of faith in this Buccaneers team. And, you know, as week and week go by and uh, last week, the Buccaneers lost one to the Steelers. Um, Now they've lost one to the Panthers in division. They've dropped to three and four. I mean, this wasn't only a loss. This was an embarrassing loss. They didn't score until the fourth quarter. They lose 21 to three. Tom Brady, Slinging it out almost 50 times in this game. Still couldn't find the end zone. Um, Are the Panthers now with a new coach, an interim coach, no more Christian McCaffrey, no more Robbie Anderson. Rumors are that DJ Moore is on the trade block. He could be traded here in the next week or two. It looks like they're just trying to clean house is this just showing us how bad the Buccaneers have become and how much dysfunction is going on in that organization at this point, or are the Panthers now getting a spark, getting some momentum? They do have a solid defense. Um, They have a really good defensive front. Um, Or is this just like a a fluke? Dana.
1: So, you know, in regards to Carolina, I want to start there. Um, You know, Honestly, with the, with the stat line that they, they put up, you know, PJ Walker thrown 22 times, they just look like a team that doesn't have anything to lose because they don't, you know, as as Colin mentioned, they just traded away, you know, Baker Mayfield, they got, he did not perform. Then he got hurt. They just traded away Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals. They traded their best overall player in Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers and Chubba Hubbard and uh, Deontay Foreman came in and played respectively. Um, Like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say, but when you have a team that goes out there with no expectations of like, Oh, you know, like the bucks, we have high expectations for Tom Brady and that offense. But when you have no expectations for a team and they just go out and play like that, I mean, 21 points is, is not bad. And they're still well within the division. That division's not doing great this year. Tampa Bay losing there at three and four. Um, you know, I, I don't want to give a, don't want to give away too, too much. Cause there's a, a few, a, a few things about the bucks I want to talk about later. Um, But as as far as, you know, Tom Brady, I, you know, we'll we'll talk about that. The the rushing, um, you know, they, the head coach even said that they want to potentially go younger. Um, It didn't say exactly where and what field, what position or anything. Um, So that's definitely a backfield I would keep an eye on. Um, Receiving wise, Mike Evans, nine for 96, Chris Godwin, seven for 43. You're still starting the both of them. Um, I don't think on a week to week basis, you're going to have anybody superior to them. If you have them, unless you're in, you know, a 10 person league and you have top receivers, If you went wide receiver heavy. Um, I'm still playing. If I have either of those two, those are still two people that I'm
0: playing though. Agreed. And uh, yeah, about Tom Brady, a great segue into our next game. This week in my John Carroll league with some of my friends from college, I have Tom Brady, but I also have Daniel Jones on my bench. And uh I'm fine lunch and I am starting Daniel Jones this next week over Tom Brady. Um, it it just seems like age has finally caught up to Tom Brady. Um, and obviously got a lot of things going on in his personal life. And I hate to be the guy to doubt Tom Brady, because as soon as you do that, he does something unbelievable. This man has just shocked the world time and time and time again. But, Transitioning to our next game, we got the New York Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was actually a really close, tight game. Uh, I know we were split on this last week. I thought the Jaguars, I, I didn't buy the hype with the Giants, but I was wrong, at least for this week. The New York Giants came out on top 23-17. So going to Saxon, Daniel Jones, last few weeks, has had incredible stat lines, Putting up fantasy points, he's using his legs, um, and he's getting the job done. Just on a fantasy, like apart from fantasy football, the, the Giants are six and one, four like,
1: straight wins.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no
1: one... over. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but over serviceable teams, you know, they lost to Dallas, they beat Chicago, okay, they beat Green Bay, who not who are not looking good, but on paper they beat Baltimore,
0: and then they just go and beat Jacksonville. It's 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 crazy. I, I'd love to see it. yeah Yeah, i mean this is what the nfl is all about you never know there's always a team that comes out of nowhere and it seems like the new york teams both the giants and the jets are those teams this year so uh, travis Etienne, 14 carries 114 yards um james robinson obviously the news has just been traded um out of jacksonville and into new york for the jets Jets. Uh uh-huh and uh to replace, obviously, the injured Brees Hall. We're going to talk about that here shortly. Uh, Saxon, your thoughts, track ETN moving forward. Is he a must-start? And Daniel Jones, is he legit? And anything else you want to talk about from these two teams?
2: Yeah, no. uh, When we talk about ETN, if I'm going to start there, start him. Um, He's one of those players that you you probably even got him to the point where you might have two better running backs than him through the first few weeks of uh of football but it's time to start him he's shown up three games in a row now um so he's i mean he's out there on his own i don't think there's even a competition at running back for him at this time um i don't i Jamichael hasty is is probably his backup and i don't think he's got much in him so give me a chance uh trevor lawrence out there he's going to throw it um but I don't think he's going to throw it very accurately most of the time, but he's going to get his, uh, he's going to get his, his due share of passes. And if ETN is out there most of the time, he's going to get some of those passes too. So if you're in PPR, that's going to look good for you. Um, along with that, I think the only other person that you kind of take a chance on and uh, the Jacksonville, I, I mean, I don't have faith in Trevor Lawrence right now. Um, you know, he's he's streaky, um, yeah. but I think Christian Kirk is definitely a player that you could look into and um, just definitely watch him. I don't know if he's a start, but definitely watch him. He might be a good bench rider for you. Um, you know, Jacksonville is one of those teams that came out strong this year. I thought they were going to be good finally, but then they just turned into the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, uh, you know, it's it's very streaky for them. They always have a problem. I don't know what it is with that team. But when we look at the Giants, um, at this point in the season where I thought they were going to be is about two wins. So they're 6-1. and one, And I don't know if they're the real deal, but every time they get a win, I start to think that they're the real deal. Daniel Jones looked terrible early in, I believe, the yeah. off season, preseason. He, he was not a sell for me, but now it's like, start him. I don't know who your quarterback is above him but there ain't much better than him. Um right good. He's got a team behind him. He's got a running back that's killing it, Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's come back. He's doing his thing. And uh he's got I mean, you look at the stat line for the the people that he's throwing it to and I mean, there's about I think 10 people at least had some uh some Sort of production in the, in the passing game, so I mean, he's throwing the ball around, and it's it's good to have confidence in your whole receiving squad like that.
0: Absolutely, and uh, going over to the other New York team, the New York Jets, another team that has shocked uh, a lot of the NFL coming into this year. They played the Broncos, and surprisingly, the New York Jets are five and two, and the Broncos are two and five. I think most people coming into the year would have thought those records would have been flipped. Um, But again, Russell Wilson did not play in this game. He's nursing a hamstring injury. Um, And again, the big news coming out of this game is Brees Hall, the rookie running back for the New York jets did tear his ACL. He is out for the rest of the year. And immediately the jets who again, feel like they are contenders at five and two, they certainly are. They went out and they got James Robinson from Jacksonville Seems like him and Michael Carter are going to have some kind of dual back threats together. Who knows what that's going to look like. We'll see over the next few weeks. But these Denver Broncos last week, I expressed my frustration with them and I'll continue to do so. They are good and their coaching hire is looking like a huge mistake. Their big contract given to Russell Wilson is looking like a huge mistake. And uh, this has really been a, a disappointing season for the Broncos, who were hoping to compete in that really crowded AFC West, uh, with the likes of the Chiefs and the Chargers, who also have kind of had a topsy turvy so far this year, and the Raiders as well. Um, which is a great segue to our next game, Dana. The Raiders and the Texans. Again, another game I was wrong about from last week. I said the Texans were going to win this game. They were winning <laughs> for a lot of the game. But the Raiders come back. They rally. They score 21 points in the fourth quarter, behind a very impressive offense. Honestly, we got Josh Jacobs, who kind of came out of nowhere this year. A lot of people didn't think he was going to keep the job. Even um, by midway through the year, a lot of people thought Samir White, the rookie, was going to take over. Um, Devonte Adams, obviously the big season acquisition from Green Bay, had eight receptions, 95 <laughs> yards. The Raiders now two and four. They're trying to play catch up in this division. Are the Raiders legit? Can they come back and, you know, string a few wins here together? Is Josh Jacobs a top three running back moving forward? And uh, can we trust uh, anyone on this Texans offense besides Damian Pierce? So
1: I think the. You know, when you look at it on paper, Las Vegas, the Raiders have a solid offense. Um, this is a um, Darn. Um, hopefully, just hopefully, going to see him this week. But um, a huge storyline, you know, as Colin mentioned, is Josh Jacobs. Um, he was playing in the, um, the first preseason game. The I, I forgot the name of it, not the Hall of Fame game, but. Um, he was starting in that game with no other, you know, starters. So people were thinking, is Josh Jacobs? Like, are they trying to show him off to show sure, that he's still got something to get rid of him? And he just continues to produce this year. Um, he is somebody that I want to – that I definitely want to talk about later. But, yeah, I think he's – he's definitely a must start. You're obviously starting Devontae Adams um, from Las Vegas as well because, you know, he's Devontae Adams. And a good week, he can get you – top three top three numbers um in regards to Houston I don't I don't think I want anybody on Houston besides Damian Pierce um 23 total carries um for the team and Damian Pierce had 20 of them for 92 yards um also caught four passes for 25 yards other than that um you know I really don't think that I want anybody else on that Houston team they're one in four Um, They're going to continue to ride Damian Pierce. He's going to continue to get upwards to 20 carries, if not more. And he's still going to see a little bit of a passing game. So he's just, he's going to be, he's definitely a solid star going forward.
0: Is Davis mills serviceable enough to make Brandon cooks a wide receiver to select flex play for you on a week to week basis?
1: That's a great question. Um, you know, it's kind of hard because, uh, you know, it's kind of like DJ Moore, um, where you just expect a lot because the player themselves is good. The player themselves is talented, um, but the offenses around him is not so great. Um, if you have Brandon Cooks and you need to fill him in for a flex spot, I, I definitely would recommend doing it. Um, this week wasn't, you know, one of his best performances four for four, four ca- catches, excuse me, for 46 yards on five targets. Um, you know, he was third on the team in targets with five, um, only two people were higher than him. Um, Davis Mills, I'm not picking him up at all. He had a QBR out of a hundred, the scale goes from one to a hundred. He got a 68.1. So that's, you know, just above average. Um, you're not starting him. I don't, I think that there's just better options. Um, but I I would hold on to cooks and continue to put them in, continue to put them out there in good matchups.
0: Yeah, it's another player that's on the trade block in in the real NFL here, not the world. That uh, he's no stranger to being traded, and, and could be on the, uh, the way out. He's
1: just team. he's just too talented. He's he's really just too good. He's just been he's been able to service over a thousand yard res, you know receiving years for the past few years with Davis Mills and company under center. So if he goes somewhere that needs a weapon, I mean, he's definitely going to be startable at that point. He he's a very very talented player.
0: Yeah, uh, Green Bay, if you're listening, uh, there's quite a few <laughs> on the trade block. DJ Moore. You, you could yeah, use somebody. <laughs> you got Brandon Cook. You got Odell Beckham Jr., free agents. You got Elijah Moore, who actually recently requested a trade from the New York Jets. There's so many uh, wide receivers that seem to be available. So, uh, Green Bay, if you're listening, there you go. Um, Seahawks Chargers, another big surprise from this week. Um, Seahawks come away with a 37-23 win, and a lot of teams consider the Seahawks maybe the worst team heading into this season. They had lost Russell Wilson. They seem to have a big overturn of talent. They have a lot of young players that are coming in, in particular Ken Walker, who had 23 carries, 168 yards, and two rushing touchdowns in this game. It was really his coming-out party. Um, really a story of running backs in this game. Austin Eckler has been very consistent uh, over the last few years. He had 12 receptions, 96 yards, a touchdown. Huge day. Field. Huge day. And if you're in a PPR league, you can't beat that. Um, getting 12 receptions from your running back, that is just game-changing. That that kind of sets you apart from other teams. Um, but this Chargers team, again, 4-3. and They're expected to really push for the division against the Chiefs they've struggled. Um, they barely beat the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, they're not very good If that's the case. Um, Justin Herbert again, came out firing, uh, early on in his career and he's really kind of been stagnant this year. Yes. He hasn't had Keenan Allen who's been out injured for most of the season. Um, but this Chargers offense isn't looking as free flowing as it has been over the last few years. Um, my question is to you, Saxon. Justin Herbert, is this someone that you're going to continue to set and forget just because the talent is there? Um, the Chargers are obviously on a bye next week. No Austin Eckler, no Justin Herbert to deal with, and maybe they'll figure out some of their offensive problems. But but moving forward, are you nervous about the Chargers' offense? Um, or are you still setting those guys and, and not even thinking about it? And Ken Walker, is this guy legit? Is he the next big running back moving forward in this league?
2: Yeah, so I mean, when you talk about the Chargers offense, I think uh, what you're looking at with Justin Herbert, I think you continue to start him. I like Justin Herbert. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, And I think right now he's, he's, he's hurt. I mean, we know he has that rib cartilage that's going on. He has that injury going on right now. So maybe, maybe watch him, you know, I'd like to see kind of anybody who has him who their backup quarterback would be to justin herbert to um kind of say it, who you should start but i think justin herbert's going to be good throughout the year um i think he's a little bruised and broken right now so he's he's got a little bit and he's still producing so i'd be i'm excited to see what justin's going to do when uh when he gets back to full health right now austin yeah.
0: eckler but would you start Daniel jones over justin herbert moving forward
2: oh if you have daniel jones the thing I like about Daniel Jones is his legs. That guy is the fastest. I'm not going to say the fastest because you got Lamar Jackson, but that guy's got some speed to him. Um, and his legs really sets him apart. Um, but I, the Justin Herbert's con- pretty consistent quarterback. Daniel Jones has shown in the past, maybe this is the year you start believing in him, but Daniel Jones has been a struggle in the past. So I don't know. Justin Herbert I like Justin Herbert um, but you you definitely had to have a conundrum on your hands if you have Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones I'll say you that much um, and then uh, you go down to Austin Eckler start him that's not even the question at this point that guy's back he had a first couple weeks he was struggling but you start the guy you don't even question it at this point there ain't nobody on your roster um, that's doing better uh, at running back than Austin Eckler. And if there is, uh, I don't know how you got Nick Chubb, Saquon, and Austin Eckler, all right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, But we talk about the Seahawks. Um, Now, Walker, Walker's looking good. Keep an eye on him. I like him. He's a good running back. Um, I ain't got much to say. He killed it this game. He showed the uh, he showed the Chargers his business, and he's he's showing the league he's ready to go. Keep an eye on him. I expect some up, ups and downs from him though. Um, but he might be the next he might be the next big guy you're kind of seeing kind of come out here uh, starting soon. Uh, so keep an eye on him. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about Geno Smith, and we might talk about him a little bit later in the show. Geno Smith is one of those guys right now um, at quarterback that you're going to want to think about kind of starting and uh, in your league. I don't know who you got as quarterback um, for him because if you got Geno Smith, you probably picked him off waivers or you got him late in the draft. So, uh, But he might be better than your starting quarterback, so keep an eye on him.
0: Yeah, and if it wasn't for Brian Robinson, I think Geno Smith is my comeback player of the year in the NFL. Um, Just an incredible story, him jumping around from team to team and being backup for several years here. Um, So what a a cool story. And I think Pete Carroll is an incredible coach, has really gotten the best out of him. And, you know, a lot of people thought after that trade with uh, Denver to send Russell Wilson that Drew Locke was going to come in and take that job. And the fact that Geno Smith stepped up, took the job, and has really run away with it. And the Seahawks are 4-3 and uh, and ironically are in the top of that division. Uh they're they're ahead of San Francisco, they're ahead of the Rams. Um it, it's hard to believe that the Seahawks are and they're in front of the Cardinals. That's a really tough division and no one saw this coming. So um uh, next game I'll talk about a little bit. I watched this one after the Browns uh upset. I had to watch some good football on Sunday and that was the Chiefs and the forty ers Um Chiefs come away with the 44-23 win, but this game was really close, honestly, until the second half, and the Chiefs just kind of pulled away. Patrick Mahomes only threw 34 times, and yet still threw for 400 yards passing, three touchdowns. Um, One of those was the Juju Smith-Schuster, who over the last few weeks has really come alive in this offense. Um, Once the Kansas City Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill, no one really knew who was going to step up in this Kansas City offense, obviously Travis Kelsey, he's always been there. He's always been their go-to. But in terms of wide receiver, who was going to be that guy that stepped up and really took control of the offense? At this point, it seems like it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, that being said, Nicole Hardman had two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown in this game. Um, incredible stat line. Obviously, as a wide receiver, they're they're running them on some end arounds. I don't know if this says what the Chiefs think about their running back situation. Uh, obviously, with Ceh, um, and I'm drawing a blank on their guy from Rutgers, Isaiah Pacheco. Thank you, Isaiah Pacheco, and McKinnon. Uh, yeah, and they got Jarek McKinnon. So obviously, they're <laughs> running back by committee anyway. But they're doing a lot of these kind of run around and double reverses, and trying to get you know their playmakers into space with some speed and Nicole Hardman. Uh, over the last few weeks has kind of emerged ever since Evo, Sam Samuel last year with the 49ers and this wide receiver running back combo, more and more teams are trying to get their, their playmakers, the ball in the backfield is McCole Hardman, someone that's worth picking up in your league. I think the last I checked, he's around 35, 40% rostered. Um, obviously the chiefs are on a buy this next coming week. So maybe you want to wait a week, but, um, is Juju Smith-Schuster legit? Um, Jeff Wilson for me, I'm, I'm starting Juju Smith-Schuster moving forward. Obviously Patrick Mahomes, the the chiefs running backs scare me. Um, sorry, Saxon. I traded you. CEH (laughs) kind of scares me a little bit. Um, he has a good week. He has a bad week, but it just seems so inconsistent. And supposedly, according to the, the depth chart, Isaiah Pacheco started this game. Um, You know, it it seemed like it was still a a mixed committee backfield. But moving forward, not sure what the Chiefs are going to do in the backfield, whether McCole Hardman has an increased role in terms of carries. And the 49ers, I mean, they went all in going to get Christian McCaffrey. Um, They kind of showed the league that they think they can win right now, even without Trey Lance. Um, They're going to go back with Jimmy Garoppolo over the last few weeks. Yes, they have a lot of injuries on the defensive end of the ball right now. Um, But, I mean, you have to be able to compete against these teams if you want to go win the Super Bowl. And uh, I I don't think they did that. And and I'm not sure the 49ers, they're going to have to figure some stuff out over the next few weeks. Uh, Moving on to Sunday night, Dana, our good friend, the Steelers, (coughs) boo, for the (laughs) month. offense uh Tua Tagovailoa is back and does appear healthy goodness uh he had a couple scary weeks with his concussions but Miami offense uh they're starting to come alive obviously they got Tyreek Hill they got jalen Waddle Raheem Mostert who uh Saxon I know just traded for in our keeper league I'll have him talk about that here in just a second <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa is he uh top five quarterback top 10 quarterback moving forward do you buy the hype do you think this offense and mike mcdaniel is enough to make Tua a and his flaws which is his arm strength and perhaps his accuracy is are they creative enough to make Tua a serviceable quarterback moving forward dana
1: <clears throat> um yeah you know i would put him within my top 10 um you know, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more about you know quarterbacks in general uh, with a few more segments coming up. But you know, with the with the explosivity of you know like an Aaron Rodgers and a Tom Brady, I think Tua is definitely serviceable. He's got the weapons. He's got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek. Both both of those guys can fly. The running backs look good. Chase Edmonds, you know, seven carries. But Raheem Mostert it looks like he's a guy back there. Um, if I have Tua on my team and I do in a dynasty league. I, I'll start him. I don't have a problem with him at all. I think he's better than some of the other options that are, are potentially out there.
0: I will say I am starting Tua Tagovailoa over Dak Prescott this week in our league. It's bold, but I'm going for it. ESPN does have him ranked uh, as the number five quarterback moving into week eight, uh, and they have Dak Prescott at number eleven. So uh, Dak Prescott's going against the Bears next week. And Tua's got Detroit, which would probably be a reason why he's so high. Detroit's really had a, a, a tough go at defense this year. Uh, Steelers-wise, Dana, Kenny Pickett's, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, is there anyone in the Steelers' offense? I mean, Najee Harris had a lot of promise coming into the year. He had a great year last year. Deontay Johnson and obviously George Pickens is the new and upcoming star. But right now, is there anyone in the Steelers' offense that you feel comfortable starting?
1: Um, the only person to be honest with you is Pat Firemuth, the the sure. tight end. Um, honestly, tight ends are you know dime a dozen, and when you get a tight end that can catch you, you know nine targets, eight, eight catches, seventy five yards. It's a great fantasy day from a quarter from a tight end. Um, Najee Harris is, is not looking too great um, from the from where he was drafted. Um, so, you know, not that I don't want anything to do with him, but obviously if you have him, you're probably starting him unless you have a better option. Um, the way Kenny Pickett's been running the offense is, you know, kind of how I thought he's, you know, not saying he looks like he's got the jitters cause he's a professional quarterback, but he doesn't look like, um, you know, like a Ben Roethlisberger led offense. Um, so, you know, if you have Deontay Johnson, you're probably still starting him. Um, George Pickens is a great bench player. Um, and the only person I would actually start, um, would be Deontay Johnson and Pat Firemouth,
2: pass catchers. I'm going to just give a little pushback. I think when we get Kenny Pickett, by no means, not a superstar yet. Um, could he be there? I mean, sure, there's a little bit of promise there. But uh, the thing that I've seen is I, I'm a little bit more all in on uh, on Pickens at this point when, when Kenny Pickett is playing. Um, I think that – Kenny Pickett and Pickens have some chemistry, and I see it. Um, and I see it on the weeks that he plays. When Mitch Trubisky comes in, Pickens is forgettable. But when Kenny Pickett comes in, it seems like he's getting him the ball. So, you know, I, I mean, you got some 12-team leagues. Pickens, yeah, he's a start for me. And uh, he might be a start for you in your 12-team in your leagues, depending on yeah. your wide receiver lineups.
0: I, I definitely think he is a young star, um, you know, coming out of college. He had some, uh, some behavior issues that perhaps kept some teams away, but the Steelers always know how to find those wide receivers. <laughs> they turn turned superstars. So I, I think George Piggins is just their latest project. <laughs> and uh, wrap up week seven, Monday nights. I, I couldn't believe when I came home last night and I turned this game on into like the third quarter and saw the bears, dominating at uh, you know New England, uh, at Gillette Stadium. Yes, it was rainy. It was a little weird game. But um, really, the big story out of this game is Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones. We talked about this a little bit last week uh, on the podcast. We thought, for sure, Mac Jones is the franchise quarterback moving forward, supposedly was healthy. Bailey Zappi came back in and, and really – ran the offense for most of this game um justin fields again it's funny because he's listed as their leading rusher 14 uh, (laughs) 82 yards one touchdown again we see the nfl moving towards this mobile um you know style of play at quarterback justin fields obviously not the most accurate passer but uh he's dangerous he's explosive is justin fields someone that's on bye weeks is worth potentially starting Chicago doesn't have a bye week until late. I think it's week 14 of one of the latest bye weeks. Is this something that if he's on the waivers, do you think Saxon he's worth picking up and perhaps starting on bye weeks? If your quarterbacks, for example, I have Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's on a bye this week. Would Justin Fields be someone that you think is worthwhile picking up or even Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones? Who knows? What do you think? Um, no, I don't, I
2: don't think you should be taking much chances with Justin Fields. There's a lot of better quarterbacks out there and the bears. I mean, I I know there's been a lot of talk about how they're running it so much and they're not throwing it. They don't have faith in Justin Fields. I don't have faith in Justin Fields. When I look at Justin Fields, I'm surprised he pulled this one out in the fashion that he did. Um, Justin Fields is going to be streaky. He's going to be a hard player to get, and I bet there's somebody better on that waiver wire than Justin Fields. Um, He might have a future in the NFL. He really might. But right now I don't think that's being seen. And uh, in regards to Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, I think both of them being the starter there is probably going to be a better option. Um, there's a lot of controversy. I think there's a true quarterback controversy in new England right now. And, um, they need to take some time. They're going to take some losses and they're going to have to get together and kind of figure out who they need to go all in on. Um, and personally, I think it's going to be Bailey Zappi. but wow. honestly, I think it's going to go both ways. I think uh Bailey Zappi just in this year alone. Mac Jones has a good had a good year last year. But I think Bailey Zappi this year alone has impressed me a little bit more than Mac Jones is. And I think he's dealing with a lot uh, a lot less expectations. So that just only makes him look better.
0: Yeah, and it's funny as you say that I'm, I'm on ESPN's site and on the side here there's a video that says Belichick dodges quarterback controversy questions. Um, so we all know Belichick, not one to give too much information away, <laughs> but in all honesty, I don't know if he even knows, um, you know, what to do. You know, obviously uh, in the past, Tom Brady was the backup to Drew Bledsoe. And when Drew Bledsoe went down, Tom Brady came in. And then even though Drew Bledsoe was healthy, they they stuck it out with Tom Brady and that kind of worked for him. So uh, yeah, I don't think was, they're going to get that magic again. Yeah, yeah probably, <laughs> probably not, but, who would have guessed Bailey Zappi would be the guy everyone's talking about in week seven? Um, not me, that's for sure. No, not at all. So uh, moving on to week eight, you know, we're going go to do these games very quickly so we can get to some segments, answer some questions about you know some of our surprises this year, some people that we are just going with our gut on, um, and some other fun segments as well. Just want to hear from you guys. Who do you think is going to win these games, and is there anyone notable that you're like, yeah, I'm starting that person in this game be um, for this reason or that reason. Thursday night should be another exciting game. Um, we got the Ravens and the Buccaneers. Again, two quarterbacks that are currently struggling, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. Um, I already told you I'm starting Daniel Jones over Tom Brady, uh, even against this Ravens secondary that's really beat up. I might regret that. Um Dana, anyone in this game that uh, interests you or who do you think is going to win this game? Um, you know, somebody that I, I want to keep my
1: eye on is actually Gus Edwards, the uh, Baltimore yeah. running back with J.K. Dobbins going down for four to six weeks. Um, you know, that that somebody in that backfield has to take the carries. And the way they started the game against the Browns, giving the ball three straight times to Gus Edwards is a real surprise. Um, so there's definitely somebody that I would, I would keep my eye on for sure. If he's out there and you need a running back, he might be able to fill in for at least the next few weeks. Um, and who knows the health complications of, of JK Dobbins, you know, um, he had the same kind of injury like Saquon did. And last year, Saquon just wasn't the same. Now the following year, which would be this year, he's exploded. Saquon has, but, um, you know, we're not sure what to expect from JK, um, I, I like Baltimore in this one just because I need to see it from Tampa. Um, but as I mentioned earlier about the Bucs, um, if I've got Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, I'm starting one of them. I'm starting either of them too.
2: Jackson, your guess for this game? Uh, if I'm picking a team, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm not impressed with the Buccaneers and I'm going with the Ravens. Um, I think uh, – I think there's been a lot of problems in that Buccaneers team, and I don't think they're going to get it situated by Thursday. All but, standard. hey, I don't bet against Tom Brady often.
0: Exactly. I was <laughs> just stand alone on this one. It's in Tampa Bay. I think Tom Brady gets back on track. I think he throws even more than 50 times in this game, um, and, and I think Tampa Bay comes away with the win here. Oh, this one could definitely go either way. For sure. Either way. Yeah, next game is actually in London. Uh, and what an exciting game our friends across the pond get to witness. And that is the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars, which are 2-5. and five. Um, Yeah, rough game. Not sure if Russell Wilson's going to play in this game. I would assume probably not. Um, that being said, if I'm picking uh, a team to win this game, I'm going with the Jaguars again. Uh, I think they're getting Travis Etienne going. I would definitely start him. I think he's a must-start. Christian Kirk, I know personally I'm going to put him in my flex this week. Um, I think Denver's secondary, while very good, is uh, a little banged up, and I think the Jaguars are going to have to uh, to throw a lot in this game, um, whether it's to Etienne in the backfield or to Christian Kirk. Um, so I'm picking the Jaguars. Dana?
1: Uh, I also like Jackson, though, for the same
0: reasons. And Saxon. Yeah, uh, I'm going Jacksonville.
2: Um, I'm just, I'm not sold. I I expect Russell Wilson to pop off any week. I don't know if he's going to play in this week or not. I don't know if they announced that. Um, But I'm going with Jacksonville. Uh, I don't think it matters either way, though.
0: (laughs) I don't think
2: either of these teams are going to be talked about towards the end of the season.
0: That's for sure. The Panthers coming off their big victory against Tampa Bay. They play against the Falcons who are coming off a disappointing loss to the Bengals. Not the most exciting game in the world. It is an NFC South matchup. So it does have ramifications for both these teams. I'm going with the Falcons. I think they're just going to have to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. So look for Tyler Algier. Um, He had a good week this week, Um, this past week, I should say. Um, maybe a worthy flex if you have some buy uh, buy replacements that you need. Say you have Austin Eckler; um, he's on a buy this week, and you need to fill in Tyler Algier. I don't think it's a bad option. Dana,
1: you know, um, I, I I don't want to pick Carolina, but I'm going to have to pick Carolina. <laughs> um, you know, just from what I saw this past week, you know, as I mentioned in the the little recap, um, they really are playing. For fun, you know the the division is wide open, but there's no expectations on them. Um, Atlanta, um, I will we'll talk about them in in a little bit in one of the segments, but um, they're just not throwing the ball efficiently. Um, when you have a young stud like Drake London and you have a pass catcher who's you know six seven six eight, freak of nature athlete and Kyle Pitts, and you can't get you're not getting either of them the ball effectively, um, you can rely on the run game only so much, and Carolina's. Carolina's no um, pushover
0: and Saxon.
2: Yeah. So I uh, I'm with Dana on this one. I, Woo. I think that this PJ Walker and DJ Moore combo is going to surprise people. All right. I don't know what it is about PJ Walker. I just like him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, when we talk about the Falcons until somebody sits down and talks with Marcus Mariota and tells him, Hey, Hey, look at your weapons out there. Look at this big tight end that you have. All right? Look at all these running backs you have. Get them the ball. You know, like, get them the ball. Throw them the ball. You got some good receivers out there. Get them the ball. And he's not, as Dana said, and I think somebody needs to sit down and have that talk with him.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's long before Marcus Mariota might follow the same fate as Matt Ryan. And uh, we see Desmond Ritter, the Cincinnati product, um, again, for many of the same reasons, to see what they have in him and to see if potentially future quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Next game is the Bears and Cowboys. Cowboys, again, have been impressive this year, 5-2, and uh, even with Dak Prescott only playing in two of those games. They're a 10-point favorite here against the Bears. I like the Bears' backfield. Uh, Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, when both of them are healthy, I think they're both serviceable running backs. Could be low-end number twos, even flex running back. If you have bye-week replacements, I think both of them are startable. Um, but, again, I told you, I'm not starting Dak Prescott this week. I'm starting Tua Tagovailoa over him. Dak Prescott's a low-end quarterback one for me until he proves it um i'm kind of staying away from him. Dana, I'm picking the Cowboys in this game by the way. Uh
1: 10 point spread that's a lot of points. Um that's basically, you know, in in betting terms that's saying that Dallas is basically just going to mop Chicago. Um I did like what I saw from Chicago. They had a few really nice drives last night against New England and that New England defense is top 10. Um Dallas is also, I believe top 5, maybe even top 3. Um I I like Dallas on this one.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm also on the t- side of Dallas. I think the Bears. I I, I think the Bears are going to put up a fight, or for this Patriots game this week, and then they're going to go back in a hole and hibernate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely think the Cowboys are winning this one. But hey, if the Bears surprise us again, they might we might have to start thinking there's some sort of real deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dolphins at Lions again. Uh... Miami's is on the road here, but they are a three and a half point favorite. Um, I am forced to start Jared Goff in one of my leagues this week. Uh, looking forward to it, but um, I do have Patrick Mahomes on a buy um, and Jared's <laughs> the best available. So um, I'm rooting for the Lions in this game, but I do think the dolphins are legit and I like Mike McDaniel, their head coach. Um, and I think they're going to start getting momentum moving forward and, uh, that's why I'm starting two in our Keeper League. I'm going the Dolphins in this. Dana?
1: I like the Dolphins as well.
2: Jackson?
0: Yeah, I think the Dolphins as well. I think
2: this is going to be one of those Lions games where it comes down to that both playing good and the Lions just coming up short like they have been throughout the season.
0: Yeah. Cardinals at the Vikings. Vikings are 5-1. and one. They look legit this year. Um, They're a a three-and-a-half-point favorite here at home. Um, Justin Jefferson, obviously, an elite uh, wide receiver, a must-start. Dalvin Cook, elite running back, a must-start. I think the Vikings win this game. The Cardinals, you know, there's talks around the NFL that uh, Cliff kingsbury the highly rated uh, young coach for the cardinals could be out of a job here soon if he does not turn things around i don't think it's this game though vikings win dana
1: um i i want to see a lot out of kirk um you know he's got a great offense behind him um i got it i you know i like arizona a lot I love their weapons, but I, I also need to see it from them too. So I'm I'm also going to go with Minnesota.
0: Saxon? I'm uh I'm
2: going to disagree with you guys and go with Arizona. Ooh. Wow. I think yeah, I think we got. I the Vikings are silent. They're five and one. I couldn't believe that when I seen that. They're silently killing it. But uh, I think the Cardinals got a little something, especially a little spark with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, and I think they're going to put together something. Um, Or I could be completely wrong, but I think they're going to put together something this week and uh, edge out a win against the Vikings.
0: For sure. We got the uh, Raiders and Saints uh, in New Orleans here. Josh Jacobs we just talked about. Definitely a top three starting running back. I'm going uh, the Raiders in this game. I I just think the Saints are kind of falling apart, honestly, in terms of health. Uh, Las Vegas is a two-point favorite. Dana. Dana.
1: If Jameis Winston starts, I'm going to go with Las Vegas. If Andy Dalton <laughs> starts, I really like what, he, what he's done. Chris Olave looks good. I would pick New Orleans. Um, but if just the, from an overall standpoint, I will have to say Las Vegas.
2: And Saxon. Yeah, I mean, I'm putting faith in the Saints here <laughs> to pull it out this week. Um, it looks like they're going to have Michael Thomas back. It looks like he's coming back. They're going to have stacked receivers um I'm kind of I'm kind of with Dana there I have a lot more faith in Andy Dalton at this point than I do Jameis Winston but uh we've seen Jameis Winston he he can play he can play um he just hasn't yet this year um so I'm gonna go with the Saints and I'm gonna put my faith in them to pull it out
0: Patriots at the Jets we already discussed the Jets are five and two Patriots three and four however On the road, Patriots are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It is uh, suspected to be a close game. Ramondre Stevenson has really kind of taken over this backfield for New England. I have him in a couple leagues. I'm starting him. Um, Ironically, Joe Flacco is their leading passer for the Jets. If I'm the New York Jets and I think I can compete this year, I don't think it's with Zach Wilson. I really don't. Um, go with the veteran quarterback Joe Flacco. I would honestly bring him back in and, and try and win some games. That's just me. I'm going to the Patriots with this one, Dana.
1: Yeah, New York just lost their best player. Um, you know, Brace Hall goes yep. down. Um, I, I, I gotta give it to New England. Um, I say free Ramondre, he needs to get the ball. He looks more yep. explosive, he's a three down back in comparison to Damian Harris, who I think is a good running back. But I think you just need to – I think you just need to give Ramondre the ball. And Zach?
2: Yeah, I think you're looking at the Patriots here. I think their biggest problem that – I, you know, I'm, I'm taking them. I'm picking them this week. But I think their biggest problem is they're still a conundrum at quarterback and they don't know what's going on. Um, the Jets, I think, are going to take a huge hit, and I don't think they're going to recover this week um, from losing Brees Hall. I mean, that guy – brought something to this offense that I don't think we've seen in the Jets team in quite a long time. He's Rick. he's good. He's good, and he's one of those players you're going to talk about for a while, and um, hopefully he can recover from this injury. But uh, I don't think James Robinson's going to be ready to go and fill those shoes yet.
0: Next game is the Battle of Pennsylvania. We got uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are the only uh, remaining undefeated team. Coming off of bye week they are an 11 point favorites I'm going with the Eagles Jalen Hurts in my opinion is the leading candidate for MVP at this point in the year I'm rolling with any you know Eagle that I have on my team um, for sure Dana this ain't this
1: is not the week Philadelphia goes and loses they stay undefeated this week
0: and sex
2: yeah if if Steelers pull out an upset every single person in the world is going to be eating their words when they tell you that the eagles are are um going to win this game i mean it, you seen what the bills did to them i think the eagles could do worse
0: <laughs> i think the eagles have to be super bowl favorites in the nfc right now uh, obviously it's an easy pick as they're undefeated but they look legit we got the Titans at the texans uh in houston the Tennessee Titans are a two-point favorite here. I think they continue to give the ball to Derrick Henry. He continues to show that he's been a dominant force in this league for the last few years. I'm going the Titans in this game, but I think it'll be really close. Dana? Battle of the running backs.
1: Um, I think Damian Pierce just needs a little bit more time to compete against Derrick Henry in the running back battle, so I'm also going to go Tennessee.
2: And Saxon? Yeah, I'm going with Tennessee. I think Derrick Henry is going to have a – he's coming off a week where he did everything and did uh, anything he wanted to on the defense. I think he's going to do more of the same this week. So I'm going with Tennessee as well.
0: We have Taylor Heineke's Washington Commanders at Sam Ellinger's uh, Indianapolis Colts. What a battle that will be. The Colts are actually favored in this game by three points. I'm going the Washington commanders. And as I said earlier in the show, I'm starting Terry McLaurin. I think he has a real connection with Taylor Heineke. Um, I'm going commanders in this game, Dana. That if Washington,
1: if Washington keeps it up, that's a really tough division with the giants and, um, the giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I like Washington in this one too.
0: Saxon.
2: Yeah. I, I think I'm going, uh, I think I'm going with the uh, Colts, actually.
0: <laughs> I uh,
2: I don't feel confident in that pick, but I don't know. I, I just think there's going to be some sort of surprise this week, and I think it's going to be the Colts and uh, how they play. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Colts.
0: Love it. The big rivalry game here, 49ers at the Rams. Supposedly there was this battle between these two teams to get Christian McCaffrey supposedly the 49ers were willing to offer one more pick and uh, were able to land him now you get to see was it worth while uh this obviously is a, a highly contested match and with both these teams with three wins um it's hard to pick but i just think the 49ers are a little beat up the rams are coming off a bye week i am going to go with the rams in this game dana
1: I like the Rams as well. I don't think that um, San Francisco has a great weapon for Cooper Cup, and you know Matt Stafford loves Cooper Cup. I think he goes off. Um, I like the Rams here.
2: Jackson? Yep. uh, We're looking at a 49ers defense that has been lacking this past few weeks. Don't think they get it together against the Rams. They don't have an answer for Cooper Cup. And uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's still getting his feet wet. He's going to do his thing, but uh, I don't think he's going to be 100% uh, in it this
0: game. And I think the Rams are going to win. Giants, the six and one Giants at the four and three Seahawks, two teams that have really surprised a lot of people this year. Seattle is a three point favorite at home, surprisingly. Um, yeah, I, I honestly think the Giants might struggle a little bit in this game. They got to go to Seattle. It's not an easy place to play. Um, Geno Smith has been unbelievable. I'm gonna pick the Seahawks in this game. I'm going against the Giants again. Let's see if they uh, make me regret it two weeks in a row. Dana, I think that this could be a really sneaky fun game. You know, high scoring,
1: potent offenses. Um, you know, I I picked the Giants last week. I'm gonna keep riding with them.
0: Go G men, Saxon.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think the Seahawks are going to slay the Giants um, this week. I uh, I just think that the Seahawks have a little bit more well-rounded right now, and I think the Giants are bound um, to lose one here. And I think typical New York fashion, it's time for them to lose a
0: game, right? So they yeah. probably will. <laughs> the Sunday night game, you got the Green Bay Packers obviously struggling, as we talked about earlier, going to the Buffalo Bills, 5-1, and one, coming off their bye week. 11.5-point favorite, the Buffalo Bills are hard to go against that. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs have just been unbelievable this year. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills.
1: I'm also going with Buffalo.
0: And sack. Yeah.
2: yeah, I don't think I really need to explain this one too much. Buffalo <laughs> Bills, they're amazing, they're great, and uh, they show up every single week, so I'm, I'm here for
0: it. And our last game on the Week 8 slate is the Monday night game on Halloween. Hopefully, it's not too frightening for us Browns fans. That would be (laughs) the Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Right now, Cincinnati is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. As a Browns fan, it it pains me to say this, but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase offense just looks too explosive. I don't think Nick Chubb will be enough, and I say the Bengals win this one, although I think it's close. I think it'll be a close game.
1: For the exact same reasons I'm also going to pick um, Cincinnati um, I, It was great of the NFL to pick Two foot like, Halloween teams You know the Bengals being black and Orange and the Browns being orange and brown I thought that that was awesome um, Gotta go with Cincinnati Joe Burrow looks Really
2: good these past few weeks Alright and me What I'm picking I'm going with the Upset alert let's go Browns all right. Let's go, Browns. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, I, I think that the Cincinnati offense has a great team that's rolling right now. But, uh, you know what? I think, I think the Browns are going to come out there and prove that they're still in this game. They got a lot to play for. Um, you're already at, you already asked the question earlier is the season over if the Browns lose? And I don't think they are. I think they're going to pr- show it and be like, look, don't even ask that question. We're still here. Um, Browns. I'm going to get call Miles Garrett two sacks.
0: Wow, Mike. Well, to finish out the show for today, we got a couple quick segments here. Um, First one would be in Gut We Trust. Uh, Dana, this segment really is designed to talk about some players that perhaps no one else is really talking about, not the obvious choices, but people that you just have this gut feeling are. Our must-start players moving forward. Uh, who are your thoughts when it comes to this um, idea of players that maybe you fly under the radar, but are players that just with your gut, you have a feeling you need to start? So
1: I've got, I've got two. Um, and one of them is the reason why I lost this past week to Colin in our league. Um, you know, we, I talked about it a little bit before we started the podcast um, at 1230. So I work on Sunday. So at 1230, I was watching a fantasy podcast on ESPN and um, they were talking about Romeo Dobbs um, and they were talking very highly of him. And so I put the person that I'm I'm nominating DJ Moore. I put him on the bench um, and that really went to bite me as Romeo Dobbs came up with no receptions for no yards and D.J. Moore found the end zone. And that was the one thing D.J. Moore struggled with last year. Um, So for a wide receiver, that's one person that I like going forward. Um, I've got him in my lineups going forward Um, and just going to trust my gut. And so I should have did. Another player is Kenneth Walker. Um, I love the fact that um, the Seattle offense was projected to be one of the worst, the bottom two them and actually Carolina. And the fact that they've came out and Geno Smith is slinging it, you know, it sucks for Rashad Penny because he's a great running back and he looked good in the games he was there. But just watching Kenneth Walker take over, he busted for a really, really nice 74 yard run um, to seal the victory against the the Chargers um, the other day. And I thought that uh, that's fantastic. So I really like Kenneth Walker going forward. Um, both of them are rostered in. 88 to 100%, 88 to 95% of the leagues. Um, so if you don't have them, you're probably not going to get them. But if you do have them, I'm very confident starting them going forward.
0: Saxon, how about you? Anyone that sticks out to you about just players that you like with your gut, but maybe you shouldn't like them? <laughs> <laughs> I talked about this guy a little bit earlier. Uh, George Pickens.
2: Um, I think this is a guy that what you've seen under Kenny Pickett is this is a guy that, that he likes. And I think they have chemistry. And I think that speaks a lot when you're talking about a quarterback wide receiver duo uh, is, is chemistry. You look at it, he's gotten about six receptions in the past, like four games, besides the one game that Mitch Trubisky kind of showed up for and played a little bit, uh, which is where he's, he was lacking. So I think uh, Kenny Pickett starting, you get George Pickens to start in there as well. Um, I think uh, Mosert I, and the Dolphins, I think he's a good start. Um, like I said, I uh, like I was mentioned earlier, I just made a trade for him. I really like Raheem. I've liked Raheem a lot. I had him back when he was on San Fran killing it and then got injured. Um, so I like him a lot. If he could stay healthy, that's, uh, that's a lot for him. So uh, he's doing pretty good. I like him we know he can run. We know he can tear it up. Um, so I say, give him a, give him a chance. Um, we also talked a little bit about Geno Smith. I say, you know, like I said, you probably, you might have a guy you feel more confident in that quarterback than him, because if you got Geno Smith, you probably picked him up off waivers or you got him dirt cheap, uh, in the draft, but he's ranked number seventh, I think in our league right now. Um, And I think that you really need to think about starting him, especially if he keeps showing consistency, you need to think about starting him, uh, over a a good chunk of, uh, quarterbacks in the league. I also think just a couple honorable mentions right now. Um, Donovan people's Jones, uh, he's getting a consistent amount of targets and if he finds that end zone, you're going to have a good week from him. Um, you know, I think he's going to surprise you a little bit. I just traded him away for Raheem Mosert, so you can see where my loyalties end up lying. Um, but uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is definitely a quiet uh, quiet player that might might pop up here and there, and he's got that deep ball threat. He's always out
0: there. Uh, Jacoby just needs to find him, right? I love the homer pick. I love it. Um, yeah, we, we as Browns fans need to hope that he uh... – has a couple of big weeks moving forward. Yeah, I'll I'll go real quick. I got three players that come to mind when uh, you know Dana asked this question. Uh we've talked about a few of them already. My first one is Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is always a consistent wide receiver. He's had so many 1000-yard seasons in a row and with all different teams. And it's uh, already a possibility that he could be on his way out of Houston. He's for me like a, a sell low, you know, or a buy low, I should say. Like, if you can get him from someone in your league, uh, obviously, you're not going to get him off the waiver wire. He's 92% rostered, but, um, he's someone that even if he stays in Houston, I think Davis Mills does enough to get you a consistent amount of points for him. I mean, he's had some up and down weeks, he's had an 18 point week, but, um, Uh, Brandy Cooks is someone moving forward that I would put my trust in. Terry McLaurin's the other one. Um, Again, someone that you probably drafted pretty high in your league and really struggled under Carson Wentz. Um, But now that it's over to Taylor Heineke, there seems to be that connection, as we talked about. If you can get uh, Terry McLaurin in your league, I would go out and try and get him, uh, see what the manager that has him wants. Um, That's someone that I'm trusting moving forward. And then finally, uh, Dana brought this player up earlier, uh, and that would be Gus Edwards. And this is a great segue to our next segment, which is any waiver wire pickups that we think are necessary for this week. Gus Edwards has to be number one on that list for me. He's currently 16% rostered. Um, as Dana mentioned, J.K. Dobbins is out for anywhere from six four to six weeks. Could be out for the rest of the season, depending on how their season is going. Um, and Gus Edwards will be their go-to guy. Um when J.K. Dobbins is out. Um, I'm not starting him this week, uh, but I will say I have DeAndre Swift in my starting lineup, and if he goes down, it'll be an easy plug-in. I'm going to put Gus Edwards in, even over uh, Daryl Henderson and Cream uh, Hunt, who I also have on my bench. Our next section would be any waiver wire pickups um, that you think are necessary for this week. I already went Mine is definitely Gus Edwards. I'm trying to get him in every single league that I have. Um, Dana, is there anyone that sticks out to you um, that you think needs to be picked up this week?
1: Yeah. um, You know, for quarterbacks, I'm, you know, we talked about them already, so I'm not going to go in depth. Daniel Jones, I think it's a great filler in. Um, If you have somebody like me, like I had Russell Wilson, I was able to get Geno Smith due to waiver. Um, But if you have someone like Russell Wilson or, you know, um, people along uh, along there. I think Daniel Jones is a great pickup. Um, a, a wide receiver, a pass catcher who has 10 or more targets in the past two games and a touchdown in both. Right? Paris, yep. Indianapolis Colts, wide receiver. Pickup. Um, he's rostered in a lot of leagues. I think after tonight's waiver, he's going to be, though. Um, because he's he is a great he is a great wide receiver too in that offense. Now we're not sure what it's gonna look like with Matt Ryan getting the boot. Um so it might be someone you want to hold on to, but he's shown consistency in especially targets in the past few games. And um, this this person at running back, so they have in the past three games, so the most recent game, they have 16 carries, right? Three games ago they had 13 carries and has progressively gotten higher. Two games ago, 15 last game 16 and they're the running back on the second the second highest rush rushing offense right so the offense that runs the the almost the most right right behind Chicago it's Tyler Algier for the Atlanta Falcons he's available in 70% of leagues um, so if you have a good waiver pick it's definitely someone I would consider at least for this week uh, especially with Austin Eckler being out now if you have ceH, um, and you were starting him before, he could also fill in for there. But I do really like uh, Tyler Algier from Atlanta, just because they're not really throwing the ball. Um, Mariota threw 13 passes last, this, this past week. Um, I think that that's a really solid pickup, and at 16 carries, I believe volume is king. He's bound to get you some yards and might even
2: fall into the end zone.
0: Yeah, Zach, do you have anyone uh, waiver-wire worthy of picking up this week?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, my uh... – my backup quarterback to Mahomes is Tom Brady, and I've stated multiple times I don't have much faith in him. Um, so I'm trying to pick up. Uh, I'm I'm going to take a little risk, and I might try to pick up P.J. Walker. Um, you know, if there's any ever a point in time to take a risk on a player, it's, it's your bye week for Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I might try out and see what P.J. Walker could do. Like I said, I trust in the P.J. Walker-D.J. Moore combo. Um, so I think there's going to be a little bit of chemistry there that you're going to see. Um, I, I still might end up starting Tom Brady over him, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, in regards to quarterbacks as well, I, I – you know sam ellinger um like i said the the colts the have a reason to dedicate to this guy and state that they're looking at this guy for future terms um so that guy's got something and that guy's you know he's probably willing to show it this week i don't know if he's going to do it but you know like i said i think there's going to be something in that offense and with that i also think paris campbell is a good pickup he's gone two great weeks um in a row and uh honestly you know if sam ellinger gets him the ball he's going to continue it he's going to keep it up um and then in some of your uh, deeper leagues there's probably guy flown out there coming back from injured reserve this week uh part of a great uh, great offense um looking for some new targets and uh van jefferson is coming back from ir i don't know if he will be a start this week but i definitely think it's somebody you should keep an eye on um van jefferson's got a lot of upside and uh offense that likes to throw the ball around to anybody who's open um and matt stafford has that ability to make sure he gets it to his best players and his open players so um yeah van jefferson keep your eye on him um I definitely think in a deeper league, he might he might have some use on your team.
0: Yeah, and the, the only other name I'll add to this list is Wandale Robinson from New York. Um, last two weeks, he's really come alive in this offense. He's had uh, twelve fantasy points two weeks ago and eleven fantasy points last week. Obviously, not the you know big production that you're looking for, but he has had twelve targets in those two weeks. Um, and daniel jones has got to throw it to someone here and uh, i think he's young he's explosive he is that kind of playmaker uh, on this new york giants offense and if they're legit this year i think he's only going to get better uh, as they move forward so pick him up now before you know maybe he's a bench stash for a little bit a little bit of time but uh, moving forward he could be someone that wins you a league at the end of the year Our next section is, uh, in or out, uh, Dana has, uh, created a list of players and teams that he's going to ask Saxon and I, whether or not we, we are in on them, uh, moving forward, or if this is, you know, a team or a player that we need to be out on after, you know, seven weeks in the NFL. So, uh, Dana, go ahead and carry this away.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Colin. So, In the out, I'm not saying, you know, we're not saying to drop the player. We're just saying, are you going to start them going forward? Is this somebody you can expect production for? You know, yes or no. That's kind of the the basis of the segment. So, um, starting with, you know, a player from Thursday night. We talked about him a little bit, Tom Brady. Um, Are you guys in on Tom Brady for the rest of the season or are you guys out?
0: Yeah, I'll start with. Yeah, I'll start with this one only because I've already mentioned that I'm starting Daniel Jones this week over Tom Brady. Um, And honestly, as long as Daniel Jones continues to be serviceable, I I look to do that moving forward. I did say in the Tampa Bay preview that I do think um, the Buccaneers are going to win on Thursday night, and I think Tom Brady comes back and and throws a few touchdowns. So I may eat my words, but right now – I'm going to say I'm out on Tom Brady. I, I I think this might be the end. I think it was a mistake for him to come out of retirement.
2: Cool. Saxon?
0: Yeah. Um, like I
2: just said a moment ago, I might be starting P.J. Walker over him. <laughs> Which I respect just that. sounds completely absurd to <laughs> me. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm going for that shock factor, I guess. Tom Brady, uh player that's kind of back and forth. This year, I don't think it's so much Tom Brady as I think it is. His team is just back and forth, and I don't know what they're doing. They're blowing it, though. Um, Tom Brady, he's got respectable numbers. He's got a couple big weeks. I just don't think the big week is going to come against Baltimore. Um, That's the scariest part. One, he's a Thursday player. I hate playing players on Thursdays from the Thursday games, and he's playing against the Ravens who, I mean, always show up on defense for the most part until, uh, I guess the fourth quarter, I guess, technically, but I'm out. Yeah.
1: On uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm out on Brady as well. I do want to see a little bit more for, from him. Uh, I think if he puts together a few solid weeks, um, which is possible, you know, it is Tom Brady. Um, then I might be back in on him, but, uh, you know, I would agree with you guys. Um, next is the Packers offense as a whole. So, Ah, uh, the three names I have is Romeo Dobbs, AJ Dillon, and Aaron Rodgers. Are you guys? Uh, are you guys in on any of these three players?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm out. I know you don't want to hear this, Dana, because you you have this gut feeling for Romeo Dobbs. I I don't think Aaron Rodgers trusts him, and you know I already did an all call to the Green Bay Packers because I know so <laughs> many people listen to our podcast, but. <laughs> I think they need to go out and make a big trade if they think that they can do anything this year. Um, they need to go and get a Brandon Cooks. They need to go and get an Odell Beckham Jr. They need to go and get an Elijah Moore or a DJ Moore, someone like that, to to really get this offense going, to give them that spark that they need. I mean, even Aaron Jones, uh, while I'm starting him on a week-to-week basis, I do have him in one of my leagues. I'm not happy about it, Um, you know, he's, he's supposed to have been this PPR God, like an Austin Eckler type figure, but this offense just looks dysfunctional and, uh, I'm, I'm out on all green Bay Packers. Um, I am starting Aaron Jones. So I guess I would say that's my only accept, but everyone else I'm out. Jackson, what are you
1: thinking?
2: Yeah, so when it comes to the Packers, um, I mean, I'm definitely out on Romeo Dobbs. Sorry, Dana. Um, hey, I,
1: almost,
2: I almost drafted him. Um, I haven't uh, – actually, I think I did draft him, and I dropped him pretty fast. Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember. But uh, I'm pretty much out on him. I think what we're seeing, and this is also why I'm kind of out on Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have any receiver he likes. Yeah, I don't I don't see him throwing numbers to anybody. I don't see him finding the open receiver either. I know I've seen uh, I've watched the Packers game last week and there's a there was um there's a pretty bad uh throw where he threw it you know you could tell he was looking at Sammy Watkins Sammy Watkins was gone for a touchdown and he threw it to the safety right in front of him and uh, I just don't think Aaron rodgers is confident in his team um which is a hard point you know for aaron Rodgers, who a lot of people always argued goat greatest of all time um and i just don't think he's gotten in him right now i think he's struggling with a lot of things i think he's struggling with his love for the team management and uh, i think he's looking at these receivers and saying you guys suck um <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> he's uh he's struggling too um Maybe not his fault, but definitely uh, a problem. When it comes to A.J. Dillon, um, I'm out on him. I think it's very obvious that they're trying to get this offense off the ground, and they're dedicating a lot more time to Aaron Jones um, above him. So I'm kind of out on A.J. Dillon. Um, Keep him on your bench. Um, Don't play him this week, and don't get mad at me if he goes off. (laughs)
1: Cool. Um just a few more names I have got here and we'll just go through these kind of quickly. Um Hayden Hurst, the tight end from Cincinnati. Um, you know, I, I'm I mean, I'm in on him. Um with the volatility at tight end personally. Um I'm starting him in a league because um, Darren Waller was hurt and he's gotten me average points. Um, you know, as we talked a little bit about earlier and I mentioned um if it's name, not named Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, if they get me 10 to 12 points at that position, I'm honestly happy with that. Uh, Colin, what do you think?
0: Well, he is going against the Cleveland Browns this week, so I, I think that's a smart choice uh, to start <laughs> him. Yeah, I'm being serious, though, honestly. Uh, yeah, I'm always a, you know, a premium tight end kind of guy. I want the Travis Kelsey. I want absolutely Drews. Um, and honestly, everyone else, it's so hit or miss that you throw a dart one week, you hope it sticks. And, you know, I think he's a pretty good dart to throw. So if you need a bi-week replacement or you need a tight end just because no one else is serviceable, he's as good a dart as any to throw out there.
1: Saxon, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, um,
2: Hayden Hurst is a good one to throw out there uh, and plug in. I think there's a few... I think there's a few um, players that I'd play over him. You got um, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, of course, Um, Hawkinson. I'd probably even think uh, to start over him. Zach Ertz. I definitely think Um, Fryermuth could go either way. Um, Kittle, uh, but um, yeah, and maybe even uh, maybe even Darren Walker. I'm not. I I just keep expecting him to do big things. but when you start getting to the list where you're looking at Kyle Pitts and such like that, I think I think you throw in Hayden Hurst there.
1: Yeah, that's that, some little I'm that's hint that,
2: for you there, buddy. <laughs> on
1: that uh on that Hayden I'm, I'm Hayden. Um on that Cincy offense, um, you know, I'm happy to be a part of any of it. He is position ranked eleventh for this year and he's rushed in forty seven percent on uh, nine fantasy points and as, as I mentioned nine points is serviceable from the tight end position if you don't have one of those premiums um you know I'm gonna go ahead and skip over Russell Wilson because I think at the moment um we're all gonna say the same thing in agreeance and say that we're out on him uh we yeah. he had high expectations at the beginning of the year and he just hasn't led up to it um he's still Russell Wilson so kind of like your Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady you might you know want to hold on to him Um, You know, I don't I don't think he's droppable unless you really, really need that position or, uh, you know, that that spot on your bench. Um, But I'm pretty sure we're all out on him. Um, Mm -hmm. Surprising, surprising person is uh, Matt Stafford. Um, I'm curious, you know, the defending Super Bowl champion quarterback is, um, you know, he hasn't been having a a great year. He's going back a little bit to his uh, interception tendencies. What are you guys thinking on him?
0: Yeah. I don't think he's healthy. Um, coming into the year, there was a lot of rumors around. So he is having some injury issues. We're not sure if he's going to be ready to start the season and he really just kind of played it off. Oh no, I'm fine. And it's been playing through it. I mean, he's throwing terrible interceptions that are now going for pick sixes. I mean, he is a big reason why this Los Angeles Rams team is three and three at the moment. Um, I mean, he's a he's a great quarterback, and I think he'll figure it out. I just I don't think he's healthy right now, and I think that's we're seeing that. Maybe the bye week was able to get him right, um, but he needs to keep getting the ball to Cooper Cup. You, you, you find Cooper Cup, you find your best weapon. That's what got you to the Super Bowl last year. Don't fix what's not broken. Um, right now, he's like a low end quarterback one for me. If I have other options, like I'm starting Daniel Jones over him, as I've already said. I think I'm even starting a Tom Brady over him right now. Are you starting uh,
1: Geno Smith over him?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, really, I, I think he's a low-end quarterback one um, in, in my eyes.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you There's Saxon, what are you thinking on him?
0: Yeah,
2: Matt Stafford's somebody you throw on your bench this week. There's somebody out there. Um, that's going uh, That's going to look better than him. But keep him on your team. He's going to find his way back. He is Matt Stafford. He's not going to follow up last year's Super Bowl with with keeping up this kind of rough play for him. And uh, Sean McVay uh, and the Rams, they will get him back on track. I just don't think the 49ers are going to be it. I think the Rams are going to win that game. But, uh, you know, I don't think that uh, – this is the game where you're like, this is Matt Stafford's comeback game. He's gonna do well. He's probably gonna have a. He's probably gonna have a turnover, um, and uh, you know, you just you look at his numbers, and he's been pretty consistent, just average um, this year. Uh, so I, I would look at other options that you have out there: Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, all starts over him.
1: Yeah, I would agree there. Uh, I got two more names, and we'll just we'll we'll go through these real quick. Uh, so just give me your your you know whether you're in or out. Quick little brief if you want. Uh, Michael Carter, with the addition of James Robinson, I put him on here because um, you know with Brees Hall going down, there was a, a small period before James Robinson, you know, the, the trade was announced, where I'm thinking to myself, Michael Carter is a great ad. somebody I wanted to pick up because. They do they have a, a pretty balanced you know run and attack offense and i think michael carter will be the guy there um with james robinson coming there though they obviously gave up a few picks for a reason um so i i, I want to see you know i am not out i'm not out on michael carter i just want to see what exactly uh, james robinson role is going to be there uh colin what do you think
0: i think he's a flex option at best i mean maybe a bye week replacement depending on who you have on on your roster. Um, I'm not feeling confident starting Michael Carter until I see what this offense looks like with both those guys in it. Um, so I'm not starting them this week if I, I, if I can help it, but uh, right now maybe a flex at best. Yes.
2: Yeah. Saxon, What are you thinking? You go back to the Jaguars and it's James Robinson and Travis Etienne are, are sharing K- carries. I don't think you're really going to have that in New York as much. Um, Michael Carter might be a start for, this week in some of your deeper leagues um where you might be struggling with some bye week matchups. He might be. Um but I I don't have much confidence in him. James Robinson's going to be the lead running back there. It's not even a competition to me. I just don't know if he's gonna be set and ready to go for this week. Um you know sometimes things get a little uh a little crazy after a trade. Uh, They made the trade early enough that he might be ready to go, and uh, I would err on a lot of caution when talking about uh, Carter. Last name I got here is from the
1: Dallas offense, and it is Michael Gallup. Um, He's currently the number two wide receiver on their depth chart behind C.D. Lamb, of course. Um, Dalton Schultz is another pass catcher there. Um, I'm curious, you know, since he came back with Dak coming back, um, Michael Gallup is a really talented player. Um, just curious what you guys think on that, Colin. What are you thinking?
0: You know, I, I said Antonio Gibson was a droppable player last week. And I'll tell you, I had Michael Gallup in two of my leagues and I dropped him in both of those leagues. Um, I, I Yes, I agree with you. The talent is there. He's coming off a terrible injury. It's been incredible to see him recover and come back. I, I just... Dak Prescott scares me. This offense scares me. I don't think it's as explosive as everyone thought it was going to be this season. If you want to keep him on your bench, that's great. But all these waiver wire pickups that we've been discussing, the Gus Edwards of the world, I'd be willing to drop a Michael Gallup for a Gus Edwards. Or I'd be willing to drop, um, you know, Michael Gallup for a Tyler Algier or um, even a Paris Campbell who we've seen, you know, actually, you know, do do what we're asking uh, from a wide receiver, the last two weeks, so uh, I think he's droppable. I really do. Yeah, and uh, with me
2: and, and thoughts on Michael Gallup, Dak Prescott opens up opportunities for this guy. Him coming back, I know they they the like to connect in in time. Um, I don't think I don't think, especially with a bye week coming up, I don't think he's really a pickup this year, this week. Um, I like him. He's a good player. He's got talent. Dak Prescott likes him. Um, They got got some sort of bond there. Um, But when you start looking at the offense, there's so many targets. Uh, You're looking at their running backs. They have uh, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott are uh, targets for Dak. And then you kind of look into uh, Schultz and Noah Brown, um, and it's – Gallup to me just kind of gets lost in the fray of all those names flowing around. He'll get his catches. He'll do his thing. I don't think he'll, he'll perform up to high standards though.
1: Cool. Um, That is the in or out segment. I'm going to hand it back over to Colin for our parting words.
0: All right. Well, if you stayed with us this long, I really appreciate it. We, we love fantasy football. We love talking and sometimes the time just flies. So hopefully you were able to pick up a thing or two from the, we love moms, Fantasy football podcast this week. I um, want to thank Saxon for jumping on this week. Really appreciate your insight. No and we're organizing our thoughts and, and our, uh, you know, our agenda for this week. So um, thank you for listening Really appreciate it and uh, hope to hear you or see you next time uh, in the We Love Moms Fantasy Football podcast.
1: Adios.